Welcome to another crazy edition of Talk Hard, presented by Walk Softly Films. Uh, guys, as promised, we're going to give some tough love to the Marvel and DC Cinematic Universes, but uh, first I'm going to introduce you all with some of the worst comic book heroes I've ever heard. <laughs> so, if you're ready, then right here with me. In the great city of Danville, Kentucky. Super Moby Dick of Space. <laughs> Todd, Todd Sheen. Man, I underestimated you. I, I, I thought you'd go for something like Man Bat. but No, I, I dug deep for these yeah, bad boys. Something tells me that's not from the big two there. It's DC. Oh, I was it, yes, sir. Man, I was, it was an action. I thought, action comics. I thought not even DC because they're notorious for having the worst, most insane characters. But I thought not even them would have Moby Dick of Space. Are you Moby sure Dick of Space? Are you sure that's not Gold Key comics? <laughs> it's it's DC, buddy. Hey, here's his powers. Uh, since since it's you, I'll tell you what you can do. <laughs> He's the size of five spaceships. All right, he's the size of five spaceships. He can travel through space of, at hyperspeeds. Of course. Awesome. Uh, the more he eats, the larger he gets. And That's he can right. transform any type of energy into any other type of energy. <laughs> <laughs> As you would think a huge whale in space could do. Of course. The man, that's, that's like... That's pretty awesome. That's a Pokemon, I'm pretty sure. That's dead on a Pokemon. Yeah. Is there a uh, is there a Super Ahab to to kind of you know? I, you'll have to read the comics to find out, man. I didn't I didn't go that I didn't go that that in depth yeah, with but, uh, with Super Moby Dick of Space. That's <laughs> that's for you all to research. Uh, that other voice you hear is coming to us from Frankfort, Kentucky. That'd be Fruit Boy Scott Stafford. <laughs> Who? <laughs> fruit boy, fruit whose boy. powers are he can accelerate the growth of fruit. <laughs> Best power ever. Oh yeah! <laughs> so congratulations, and uh, and me, I'm I'm also here in Danville, Kentucky. I'm the Wizard, Alan Martin. <laughs> the Wizard. The Wizard was uh, as Marvel. Yeah, I thought, if you haven't heard of him, and um, he was their name. answer to the Flash at mm. first, so the superhuman speed—that's what I got. <laughs> wizard. Uh, <laughs> well, the, thanks the, for the ability to to piss on command. <laughs> All right, uh, guys, we're just thanks coming for, off of uh, our. Thanks, thanks for digging extra deep for mine. I really do appreciate it. <laughs> you, you're so welcome. That is a deep cut. <laughs> Just just coming off of a long Labor Day weekend for some of us. Um, how was your guys' weekend, Scott? You you had some hype. You Ooh, built up some hype for yours. I tell you what, and, and the world wants to know how the Asheville trip went. 
man, you know, I'm a I'm a uh, close to the vest sort of character, so this is uh, you really are. I was kind of surprised you even mentioned it. So <laughs> yeah, that's uh, just an indication of how kind of excited I was about the whole thing. But um, yeah, I went to Asheville. Uh, I I met my lady friend, and uh, I and uh, I have a girlfriend now. I'll just tell you. Hey. Uh, like it's it's look a, at this. We are breaking news. <laughs> it's official, and I'm all smiles over here. Um, yeah. We, have you updated your Facebook status? I have not. I have not. Uh, okay. Well, I'll believe it when I see that. <laughs> right, because it's not. Yeah, it doesn't count unless it's on there. Right. Uh, um, but yeah, listen, Asheville. Uh, did we did absolutely nothing um and didn't uh, it was ridiculous but had a great time and just like walked around the neighborhood of the place we were at and stuff like that and uh i gotta tell you if anybody going to Asheville, i'm gonna tell you right now here's what you can take away from this is the taco temple you gotta go you gotta go to the taco temple they got the best tacos and like a wide variety of some gourmet tacos and uh, some type of rice cinnamon milk mm. concoction that was fantastic. But, cinnamon milk, like a rice milk, yeah, and it was like huh. it was really good. I was very surprised, um, but yeah. So if anybody in our listening area wants to drive six to eight hours for some tacos, <laughs> you say head towards the coast. I made it in four and a half to, to the Taco Temple. Four and a half hours. Four and a, four taco and a half. Temple. <laughs> I, four and a half Sweet, on the man. way down and six and a half on the way back. I don't recommend I-75 North after a, a holiday weekend. Not fun. Oh, yeah. Uh, but on the way down with smooth sailing. But yeah, uh, my weekend couldn't have gone better, and I'm a happy boy. I'll just tell you that. Nice, I can see you got a little, you got a little uh, spring in your, <laughs> you got a little spring in your step there. Got that right, partner. Todd Sheen, you were, uh, you didn't have a long weekend, did you? I mean, I don't want to pour salt in the wound, but <laughs> well, I mean, what stink. is a weekend? What's a weekend anymore, anyway? Mm-hmm. I mean. I used to well, I used to think about weekends. I used to think about what they You meant. know what? I if you uh I think James Cameron's got enough pull now where if you're gonna defame him in public, mm. he's gonna take your weekends away and that's just that's that's the price you gotta pay sometimes. He's I guess, definitely got to make power. that mold of a stand. Yep. Hey, I got so. I got something I got something James Cameron can pull. You, hey, do you want a weekend this weekend? Because it's not too yeah. late. Uh, it doesn't matter anymore. We're talking about the man. Okay. We're talking about a man that can get his hands on unobtainium at any time. That's right. Anytime. Well, so you remember that the next time you start throwing those barbs around. I've, I've got a couple lined up for tonight, maybe. Oh, my goodness. Oh, I've got, I've got, the guy I've never got learns. I've got stuff lined up for the next probably two decades, stuff that he hasn't even figured out he's going to direct yet. Oh. Yeah. All right. Well, I mean, you're digging your own grave there. And so, Spe- speaking, of I dig- think he, he- speaking of digging graves, how about yeah. the wonderkind Christian Pulisic and the 
U.S. national team dropping four goals on Trinidad well, we and made Tobago. It, we made it, what, eight minutes into this podcast? Without Scott, <laughs> like, tonight is the night real football starts, man. <laughs> oh, goodness. Goodness. With, with the, with the uh, Denver Broncos, Carolina Panthers kickoff. Let's not bring that wheat crap in here. Listen, if there's... But it, it, took you, it took you eight to ten minutes to get into it. If there's any year I'm going to bring you into the fold with Kentucky already crap in the bed week one yeah. and Romo's yeah. back already broken in the preseason, this is it. That's true. Real real football didn't treat me so well. You <laughs> called got that one. I called that one last podcast. Jeez Louise. I called I well, called that one just like I called all the Cameron stuff. Before you guys make me super sad, I'm gonna move on to my Labor Day and it didn't like we didn't do anything really either. Um but I saw three movies this weekend that over the course of Labor Day that um were probably better than anything I saw all summer. Like in the span of two days, I saw anything better than we talked about last week on our summer review. Awesome. I think all three, all three of them, all three were better. I enjoyed all three of these more than maybe with the exception of Star Trek and, and Born, but easily nothing else came close. Um, Todd, have you seen Don't Breathe? I have not. I've wanted to see it. I've read nothing but good reviews about it. Don't Breathe. Directed by Fred Fred Alvarez and stars uh, Stephen Lang um, was exactly what you would want it to be. I mean, it is everything it's advertised to be, and maybe a little more. Really, yeah. really good. Like the the amount of um, tense moments that that thing can create, and just when you think like, all right, every everything's out of the woods, like it just grabs you again. Perfect, perfectly executed for that type of movie. Um, so I highly recommend it, especially to you. I don't think Scott would like it. Um, I saw a Netflix movie original. Have you all seen the fundamentals of caring with Paul Rudd? I did see that. No. What'd you think of that? I liked it. You haven't seen it? Man, I think it goes back to, and and the, the other movie that I watched, um, was hell or high water. Uh, with Jeff Bridges, Chris Pine, and Ben Foster. That's my movie of the year, and it's going to be t- hard for anything to top it coming up. Uh, and I know we got Sully and Snowden and, and um, the Kirby Stafford epic Jack Reacher coming up. But, um, uh, man, Hell or High Water was it, – it blew me away. It was – it goes back to what we were talking about last year, where if you take the time to create some characters and make us care about them and then tell a good story with them – that's that's all you got to do and and hell or high water was so refreshing in that it was an original story uh it it didn't borrow really from anything um it wasn't a reboot it wasn't a sequel and it was all the jokes were perfect uh the story was great and and everything made sense like i loved it loved it i'm excited you all you all check that one out yeah, I'm excited. I haven't seen it, but I was hearing all nothing but good things, and I was a little bit surprised by how positive the reaction has been. And then, and then to get the verification from you, I can't wait to see it. I'm a I'm a Pine guy much, and and yeah. huge Bridges guy, right? And, and I'll tell you, Ben Foster kind of steals the show a little bit. Hmm. 
like of the three, he's I guess he's the one you probably expect the least from, and he plays that character really well. It's great. It's really, 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 really good. Um, I I think you remember how much I loved Whiplash when it came out. This this for me is this year's Whiplash. Okay, I got one question for you. Okay, is it annoying at all that Jeff is doing Rooster Cogburn voice again? Um. At, at first it was because it was just like, golly, he's going to do that voice. <laughs> like, like, this is the fourth movie I've watched in a row. But you can, like, he's, in that movie, he was barely audible. Like, you can understand everything he's saying in this, so I don't think he's yeah. going full Cockburn in this one. Uh-huh. Um, but, no, I, it's, the character's so good, and the interaction between him and his partner is so good that, no, it's not, you, you forget about it pretty quick. It's like anytime they it put... It might annoy you. It didn't bother me. Yeah. I don't, I don't guess it'll annoy me. I just want him to stop doing it. Like, yeah. You know? Like, why I, Why are you do doing this? Do you think this? he's capable at this point? Like, maybe that's just how he talks now. I think there's a little bit of that, you know? Like, yeah. he's got something going on mouth-wise that, that might kind of mush-mouth it a little bit, but I don't think he has... I don't think he has to go full, you know what he's doing with it. I, I know he can, he can yeah. speak more clearly than he is. I've, I've heard him in a couple of yeah. interviews where he, right. he was sounding more like, you know, normal Jeff. He doesn't sound like, you know, like he was when he was the dude anymore, but yeah. I don't know if it's like a crutch almost at this point or what, but yeah. I don't know. Yeah. No, I didn't, it didn't bother me too bad. Like when he, I, I will admit when he first did it, I was like, Holy crap. He's, I can't understand him again, but then <laughs> yeah. it, it kind of goes away. I don't um, know which I think between. <laughs> <laughs> and there you go, everybody. <laughs> I don't know. The ma- our master of impression, Scott Stafford, brings it again. <laughs> I don't know which I think <laughs> between. That's Let me that? ask you all a movie, and I texted it, uh, or a question, and I texted it to you all, um, so you've had a little bit of time to think about it. This movie did not have a villain. It did not have an antagonist. Can you remember a good movie that did not have a bad guy in it? One that jumped into my... Because this worked. That was another thing I loved about it. Yeah. Is that it, they made it work without a bad guy. Yeah, I'm interested to see that. One that jumped into my mind was I thought... Started kind of searching in my head. So what, what would that look like? And I thought maybe a movie where... Uh, kind of like you're the you're too like if you've got a couple characters that you like maybe that are protagonists or a protagonist and his buddy that are like butting heads mm-hmm. so they're kind of like you know neither one is really the antagonist or they both are and mm-hmm. i thought about like rushmore like mr bloom and and max mm, yeah. you know that's probably a good one yeah i think you could say that about some of several of uh wes's i think you know i mean Tannenbaum's really, yeah. I don't. There's no antagonist there is there? I mean, Royal's kind of a right douche, but and, yeah, you yeah. like him. And Owen, so, yeah. Owen's character is probably as close as it comes, but yeah. but they love him, and you know. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I think I think that's yeah. You don't really have. I mean, in in a way, I mean, I guess it's it's a, a kind of a salute to the how he paints his characters, mm-hmm. you know, is that they don't come off as that, you know, quote unquote, bad guy, good guy that fits into one, you know, just one little pocket or whatever. 
Yeah, Moonrise yeah. probably doesn't have one. No. And, I mean, if you if you think about it, Bottle Rocket, I mean, James Caan is still kind of likable. Yeah. Know? Yeah. So. Yeah. Does Stand By Me have a, an antagonist? It's been so long since I've seen Kiefer, it. Kiefer, man. Kiefer yeah. Sutherland. Okay, yeah. Okay. So, outside of the West uh, stratosphere... <laughs> Because he's he obviously nails that, but um, I couldn't think yeah, of one. And it, and this is a movie about like Chris Pine and Ben Foster play bank robbers, and and Jeff Bridges is hunting them down, and it's like, you know, it's it's pretty action packed. The dialogue's great, um, but there's not a there's not a bad guy in it. So anyway, thought that was kind of cool. Um, but let's uh, let's move on. Last week we. Uh, did our audience and ourselves a disservice by not mentioning uh, the death of one of our favorites and especially one of Todd's favorites. He made Todd's Mount Rushmore of, of funny guys. Uh, Gene Wilder uh, passed away. Um, y'all have any thoughts on Gene? First of all, genuinely, that's one of the few, you know, there are celebrity deaths that make you sad. You know, and you're like, oh, and you're, and you're, mm-hmm. you, you hate to hear it, but this is one of the ones that genuinely punched me in the gut a little bit, you mm-hmm. know, uh, had, had a real impact. And, and that was one, he's, he's one of those special people that, you know, in my mind were kind of transcended celebrity for me, like, you know, just kind of went mm-hmm. to the next level of like, he seems like a really good dude. And and I'm was inspired by what he did artistically, and and just there, and there was something a little extra there from him. And it seems like anytime you know a guy like Jim Henson was the same thing, but you know Willy Wonka and what and and the and what that did for generations of kids, mm-hmm. you know, and and kind of yeah. how seriously he he took that and is pr- was proud of it. Uh, yeah, it really hit me like a ton of bricks. What about you, Todd? Yeah, I mean. We were talking, we had that episode. How long has it been since we did that episode? Was that in June? Yeah, a couple months, I think. Okay. Um, I mean, you know, I knew he was I knew he was in his 80s. I knew he hadn't been in the best health. But, you know, I, I think what... Um, I think what says so much about him is, you know, this guy really, he hasn't been acting in almost 30 years for the most part, other than a few TV bits here and there, but he's really been retired after Gilda died. He pretty Mm -hmm. much hung it up. Mm -hmm. He did, uh, you know, he did, you know, charity work and kind of devoted his life to her cause. And, Mm. um, you know, it's just, it's sad because he had plenty, plenty left in the tank. In my opinion, anybody that's, a genius like that would, would, you know, maybe, you know, you might have a, you might have three or four haunted honeymoons in you, but you also might have that one other movie that just kind of, you know, that shows off what he, what he did. I mean, you know, I think he's probably most remembered for his sixties and seventies output as far as the, you know, when he was really clicking on all cylinders and then into the eighties with, you know, with Richard Pryor. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, it kind of tailed off there, but I mean, he just, golly, I mean, just a, you know, physical comedy. 
and just a genius type uh, approach to the material. And just, I mean, that face is just one of those, you know, I, it, I every time I watch Young Frankenstein, um, which is a lot, uh, is just, you know, I'm constantly, constantly broken up just by his looks. Um, yeah. He, you know, that's, that's still, those, those, you know, Willy Wonka and that are just, it's so hard for me to pick favorite but I, mm -hmm. I probably would go with young frankenstein but willy wonka is right there yeah because classic role go ahead scott Were you gonna say something? Uh, Huge law. Just, he's a and he's a guy that you know till the day he died didn't think he was funny yeah you know i read that several times that you know anytime it was brought up he how people would talk about him as a you know a great comedian and and a comedic actor and and he never looked at himself that way, and um, which is it's funny, uh, you know, because you know, and I can imagine why you would say that if you're, especially if you're quiet at home and stuff like that. You might make it, you know, you might make the wife chuckle now and then, but mm -hmm. you know, anybody. He wrote uh, Young Frankenstein, right? Or at least helped. Um, he may have. I, you got me there. I don't know. I mean. That's what I, I read, and, and and who knows? Maybe the person was wrong. Great research. Um, I'm looking it up. Go ahead. <laughs> but yeah, that, so he clearly a, a very yeah, funny guy. Okay, and so that makes story, sense. screen story and the screenplay. He wrote both. I mean, with Mel Brooks. Oh, yeah. And if you never do anything else for the rest of your life, I mean, obviously you're a funny guy if you write that movie. Yeah. Yeah. Um. But yeah, that that gives you a, a look into how talented he was, what a good instincts he had, um, and and Wonka is just it's one of those movies that to me is just a level above. Like it has a place outside of mm -hmm. this is a great movie. It's you know it's on a pedestal all its own. You know, kind of rises above and, and lifts itself out of just film. It's you know it's just yeah a work of art that. And no matter how old it gets, kids are gonna love it, and yeah. and and it just it grabs a hold of people's hearts. Uh, and I can't it it's just magic. It just is. His performance is magic, and and his songs, and you know the first time they walk into the factory in the big room, and and uh, what's the, what's the imagination? What's what's the full title? Oh. Um, pure imagination. Pure, pure, pure imagination. imagination. Yeah, just, just unbelievable, and the and the sincerity in his voice and on his face, and like, you know, that's something that I would dream of, dream of being able to make five minutes of film like that. You know, mm. yeah, yeah, ever. Well, and that I mean. I remember, I remember watching it early on. It was one of those movies that, you know, I'd watch on, you know, way back in the seventies when we, we didn't have cable TV until I was in high school. So that was the early eighties. So you watched something when it came on once a year, maybe. And that was always something that I would catch and I always want to watch over and over again. And every time, you know, that the scene there at the end, uh, where uh, Grandpa Joe goes up to him as he's sitting at his desk, and he just tears <laughs> in. Oh yeah, 
Yeah. And I mean, he, he's that was vicious. It really was. It. Which, let's be honest, <laughs> Grandpa Joe deserved it. <laughs> There's no doubt. He that. did. Well, you know, if we ask Jim Rome... Yeah, I don't want to steal Jim Rome's bit, but he has a point. Uh, Grandpa Joe is one of the worst humans of all time. (laughs) It's a fantastic bit. Look it up, everybody. Jim Rome, Rome, Willy Wonka, look it up and just listen to it, because it's hilarious. It is. No matter what you think about Jim Rome, no matter what you think about him, it's undeniably (laughs) hilarious and spot on. Um, Yeah. But that movie's we watched it like the night he died. Uh, my daughter and I watched it, and like she was so into that movie when she was a kid. Like that was her kid. Everybody has a movie when they're a kid, yeah. and that was hers. We, I had to end up buying her a DVD of it because she wore out two VHS tapes <laughs> of Willy Wonka, awesome. and I finally broke down and got the DVD for her so she'd quit ruining those things, watching that thing so many times. So we sat down and we watched it the night he died. 45 years later, that thing holds up, man. It really Everything does. is perfect. And it just, every yeah. joke lands. All the songs mm-hmm. are still good. And so much of it is him. Because they, it did, is. Yeah. they didn't spend a, you know, a blue fortune on that movie. Like, you know, the sets aren't, but your imagination, you know, takes yeah. you where it needs to go. And he's so much of that. Like, he just pulls yep. you right he's in. He's driving the ship. Yep. And that one... The scene, his opening scene, his introduction, I wrote about it on the website. Um, his introduction, where he comes out with the cane and he's limping along and uh, he loses his cane for a moment and does the front flip, you know, and, and, and it builds and it, and it just gives, it gives that entire scene, it lets the whole thing breathe and have every second of him taking his labored steps. And it's so slow coming out of the door and every, mm-hmm. and the crowd goes silent and they're just watching him and a click step, click step. And it's just letting have all the room at once. And then all of a sudden he loses his cane he starts to fall. And then he goes into front flip and jumps up and everybody goes yeah. crazy. And like, there's like, I'll put that up with any single scene in any movie of all time period. It is magic. It is unbelievable and that was his yeah. idea that was his idea there was no better way to introduce that character exactly to us exactly than to do exactly what he did and and you know and and exactly his 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 uh thoughts on it were that from that moment on you'll never know when i'm telling the truth you'll never know where i'm coming from after that yeah and it <laughs> so, absolutely works yeah he's yeah. You're a genius and like those little asides that you don't pick up on as a kid that like now they're just yeah. nonsense. And like when he, where is fancy bread in the heart or in the head? Like I just busted out laughing. Yeah. 40 year old man laughing at that stupid line. Uh, it was great. His eyes, so, man, his eyes. Yeah. Yeah. And if, if we ever do it, maybe we can do it as a spawn off of this uh, conversation. If we do a Mount Rushmore of our favorite characters from movies, I'll go ahead and spoil that one. He'll, he'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll nominate that one. Yeah. I don't think I can um, stand in the way of that. Yeah. So, um, any any other thoughts on uh, his real name was Jerome Silberman, by the way, if you all didn't know that. So I did not know that. Yeah. All right, guys. I think that uh, that'll do it on the Gene Wilder discussion. But but he definitely will be missed, especially by this trio. So um, he will continue to inspire us, though. Uh, let's take a break, and we'll be right back with more talk art. 
All right, guys, while we're in the break, uh, we're going to take a second to thank you all very much from the very depths of our souls for listening to us uh, yap on about movies and whatever else. Um, our numbers continue to grow, and that's because you all are sharing this thing like crazy. Uh, so please continue to do that. If we, If you see us put an episode out there on Facebook or something, you have no idea what uh you sharing that episode will do like people can ignore us all day long but if all you got to do is hit the little sherry button just just Mm. just a little share click and it's as easy as pie and man that'll do the trick right there well it tickles our innards is what it does that's right and uh and and we don't want to we just want to not work anymore so that's right yeah, imagine one of these every day. <laughs> oh, can you imagine how I how, can? How enriched that's a world I want to live in. Yes, but yeah. it only happens if you guys uh, keep sharing and keep rating us. So that's right. Um, let your friends in on this little uh, diamond in the rough here that we like to call talk hard movies on Mondays. We could do soccer on Tuesdays and soccer and no. Wednesdays. No, probably not. <laughs> but maybe I don't know. But, but, but hopefully, we'll get to that point. Maybe we'll discuss it. How about that? All right, all right. So again, thank you, thank you all very much. And uh, hey, let's get back to the show. Hey, this is uh, Matthew McConaughey. I love eating my delicious soups and listening to talk hard. That's amazing. Hey, how about that? Wow. McConaughey. Dang. Everybody, everybody, everybody knows he's in Kentucky doing the wild turkey. Uh, is it wild turkey? One of those yeah, bourbons. It is. It is wild turkey. Okay, doing some bourbon stuff, and he's and he stopped by. That's, man, that's cool. And, yeah, he said he liked our work and wanted to do that for us. How about that? Where was I? Because I don't, I don't remember seeing him. You, you were, you were on a lunch run. <laughs> Man, I wish I had. God, you had just gone to Jimmy John's, and they are freaky fast, but um, wish not I, fast enough. Wish I had so. missed him, then. Yeah, Matthew McConaughey eating soup and listening to talk hard. How about <laughs> that? Um, all right, for. We are having some technical difficulties here at uh, the Walk Softly compound. So, for whatever reason, inexplicably, Todd Sheen has uh, dropped off the face of the earth. Probably all that anti-Cameron, anti-Titanic stuff he's been slinging around here. So, uh, we're going to soldier on, Scott and I are. Um, And as advertised, I think it's time to do a little tough love for our beloved comic book Mm. universes um get hype nerds yes sir because we are about to rip it apart uh <laughs> i think for both of us the low-hanging fruit is probably the dc right, there's no doubt about it universe so do you want to start with marvel and then no, uh, I, I feel like it's going to work out like there's some things that i can talk about marvel maybe uh, that it would help to talk about DC first. Okay, and I'm good kinda, with I'm good with either, and kind of so. compare the two. Uh, but yeah, full disclosure, just so everybody knows, 
uh, I'm a mark for Marvel and always have been. And uh, I just don't like DC. I just don't. I don't. Yeah. <laughs> I don't read it. Never have, never will. And so, but I have always been, I've never had any problem with the movies whatsoever and have always gone and wanted to like them. And I did like Keaton's Batman, like uh, Burton's Batman movies. Love Christopher Reeve's Superman, uh, you know, at least the first one. And probably, you know, and definitely when I was a kid, like the two and three, um, like I still like Donner's cut of part two. And so, yeah, anyway, and I, I like uh, Nolan's Batman movies. Yeah, I was going to ask if you like those. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. So full disclosure on that and where I'm coming from there. Uh, not so and kind. And I'm probably not as huge of a of a mark for Marvel as you. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't read the books and you've got the subscription and everything. Um, but if I had to make a choice, it's definitely Marvel over DC. I do like Batman and I do like Superman, like pretty much all of America. But... Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't. Uh, I, I don't. I don't prefer DC over over Superman. I mean, over uh, Marvel. But I would say that if you made me list my favorite comic movies of all time, um, the first Superman with Reeves and the Dark Knight are are two of the top three for yeah. sure. So, um, like, I, I I feel like I can be objective in in opinions in saying that. Yeah. So, what is going on now with uh, with DC? Where do you want to just? Where are they going wrong, man? It's just one misstep after another. I mean, it's you can. They've been able to do like from the very beginning. They've had the ability to do what Marvel did, only Marvel kind of hamstrung themselves a little bit. Uh, by selling Spider-Man, selling the X-Men, selling Fantastic Four to other studios. So they don't have access to all their characters. And they basically did that to keep the lights on at one point, right? Yes, basically. Uh-huh. And it did. Yeah. And it, and it kind of saved the company. Um, <clears throat> now, so just so a little, behind, a little, uh, behind baseball, inside baseball for everybody, uh, DC, you know, and when Marvel started their own studio, started paying for their own movies by getting a big loan from from some banks, um, that was when they were be it started the shared universe and and with the characters that they had left and have been able to build what they did. Just so everybody knows, DC could have done that in the seventies. Like they've always Warner Brothers has had the rights to all the characters, like. I believe I should have researched this, but I I would assume Warner Brothers owns Disney. I mean, <laughs> Warner Brothers owns DC, mm-hmm. and so at, they just didn't do it. They just never had the idea. They never dared to do it. You know, they could have at any time put all this together. Instead, they they wait and and Marvel finally does it, and then they want it, and then they're like, oh, we got to do this, and we got to do it quick. You know, and so mm-hmm. I think you're to get to your original question of where does it all go wrong? I think it's the push to get that shared to it. Basically, it's the push to get their Avengers as quickly as possible. And, mm-hmm. you know, they don't they don't want to go through the steps. They want that Avengers money and they want it now. Yeah. 
And um, so that was where you started to go wrong right off the bat. You didn't build that universe. You didn't establish any characters, make us fall in love with them, and then bring them together. Right, yeah. They they wanted to eat the, the filet mignon without cooking it, mm-hmm. basically. Yeah, They. I mean, they just tried to do way too much too quickly without any foundation to build on. They didn't bother doing the grunt work and, and paying the dues to get to the point of where Marvel did before they could do that. And it, you just throw a bunch of stuff at us that doesn't make sense why it's there and just expect us to buy it. Right. Um, and it's funny because, <coughs> yeah, you look at the, the stuff that they did well. And it's, you know, it's the original Superman that started it all. And it's great. And uh, Burton's Batman, which mm-hmm. is maybe a little more controversial. Not everybody loves it. Uh, but you know, especially the first two Nolan Batman movies, great. I think it's universally, you know, loved and appreciated. And it's funny cause they bring, it's, it all comes into the, the talent that you bring in and the directors that you choose, you know, who, who's at the top of the studio. It all starts there. Because whoever's making that call, and Warner Brothers has notoriously had, you know, for the past 20 to 30 years, bad guys at the top of the studio that uh, their their talent and their instincts can absolutely be questioned. Um, you had Burton on Batman. He leaves it. You bring in Schumacher. Schumacher kills the Batman franchise. Uh, absolutely just eviscerates the Batman franchise and by extension kills Burton's Superman movie. Like the, the Schumacher Batman movies were so bad and started to tank so bad. And especially that last one, uh, that's why the main reason that they pulled the plug on Burton doing a Superman movie right before he started shooting like a week out from shooting. Um, Good grief. Yeah, so so I can't picture a Tim Burton version of Superman though. Batman kind of fits his stuff, but mm-hmm. I don't know about Superman. Yeah, it would have been it was gonna be completely wacky. There's a uh I'm not sure if it's on Netflix or not, so you haven't seen the the uh documentary about the making of, of Burton's Superman movie then. No. It's worth watching. It's really interesting. Yeah. You get a good idea of what it would have been like and it was it was it was out there. There's no doubt, and I I have you know personally no interest whatsoever in seeing a Nick Cage uh, Superman. That's the Nick Cage one. Yeah, okay, that's the, yeah, it's the Nick Cage. What Superman. role was Johnny Depp playing? Because I'm sure he's in there somewhere. <laughs> I don't know if they mentioned. It. I caught like the last half of that documentary, so I'm not sure if Burton if Depp was going to be in it or not. Uh, but if he was, I'd say Brainiac might have been a possibility. Yeah. yeah. Because he that was going to be the villain, and it was going to be weird. Um, but the so let's talk about what's wrong. Let's talk about what's wrong with yeah. So yeah, we, we said you skipped steps trying to get to your Justice League. Mm-hmm. You didn't build people up the way you should have. You made all kinds of missteps. I don't think so. I, like I said, I don't think the guy in Warner Brothers making good decisions on who he brings in to run this universe. I don't think, I don't like Zack Snyder. I just don't. I don't think he's good. I think, uh, he's the wrong guy. Um, you don't like him in general or you don't like him for this. I I don't think I like him in general. I don't, I don't, I haven't liked, I can't think of any of his work that I've loved. It just doesn't speak to me. 
Uh, I like 300 at first. True. I did. It, yeah. 300. It hasn't aged well, I don't think. Right. I can see that too. And, yeah. and 300 is a lot of Frank Miller, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Uh, that, that is, uh, I, I give Frank Miller. What works in that one for me is Frank Miller. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and credit to Zack Snyder to, to help him bring that to screen and make it live action and what that looked like. Cause the, yeah, especially when it came out very impressive and I did like it a lot. Yeah. Um, so anyway, back on track. Yeah. Okay. So I think my main complaint is Superman's your anchor. Superman's gotta be, if you're going to have a shared universe, Superman's the cornerstone, the keystone, whatever you want to call him, he has to work. Right. Yeah. There's no doubt. He is DC's top of the pyramid. And I think the so, most transcendent superhero in uh, in the in either universe yeah the 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 very first superhero um yeah. literally the one everybody knows the one the most famous you know go to any country in the world and they'll be able to tell you who superman is um he doesn't work he's a he's a mistake in every sense of the word uh is henry cavill good would he have been good for that uh, role had they gone a different direction with the character? I don't know, but as is, I don't like him. Yeah. Um, I would personally, I like Brandon Routh better. Uh, but he was a better fit for the type of Superman that I want. I want that Christopher Reeve Superman. Right. Yeah, and I'm with you on that. And I wonder if it's because we drew up loving the, the Christopher Reeves one, and mm-hmm. he nailed those mannerisms. Like, he, he was perfect. Yeah. He, he did everything exactly the way Reeves would have done it. Yeah. You could tell he studied that. Um, and I think that we like it a lot because of that, but yeah, go ahead. I think you're exactly right. And I do ask myself the same question. How much of it is the fact that we grew up knowing that? And, and so that's what we want. And because it was so good, um, Mm -hmm. and, and done well, that that's why we think that's what Superman needs to be. It's possible. But on the other thing, I think you can make an argument that Superman as a character you know, and this has always been the difficulty with making Superman movies and telling Superman stories is he's so powerful. And how do you mm. contend with that? You've, you've got to, as in any movie, your protagonist has to have um, obstacles and you need conflict. And it's tough to give uh, an invincible character that. And that's always yeah. been the difficulty. Um, that we're going to buy as an audience. Right. Yeah. And so I, I think you can make the argument that what makes Superman interesting Especially today, especially in this day and age where everything's gone anti-hero and dark and gritty, like what makes him stand out all the more now is that he's he has all that ability and he just wants to be good and he is like just good to the core, right? You know, like what makes Marvel characters so great is that they're fallible and they they have their issues and stuff like that. That was what you know, Stan did with those characters that made them different. But you know what I love about that Christopher Reeve character is he's, you know, he's always going to do the right thing. Period. Yeah, he's 100% pure all the time. Yes. Truth, justice in the American way. And like, I love that about him. Yeah. And to me, that would have been a much like if, if the conflict between Superman and Batman maybe could have come from that instead, like that to me would have been much more interesting but instead you've made and i think <laughs> i think it was uh john oliver i i caught him doing a little bit on it and he said uh 
you know, Batman versus Superman was sad man versus super sad man. <laughs> and it was like, yeah, yeah. like that's, yeah. yeah, that's it now. It's like, come on, man. Like Batman is your, he's as dark as like, if you want to take him as dark as you can get him and as real and as gritty, fine. It fits him. Yeah. In Christopher my, Nolan did it and it worked. Yes. In my mind, it doesn't, that's not, in any way who Superman is, he's bright red and blue and yellow. And you know, that's just not mm-hmm. who that character is. Why do you want to take him and make him Batman? Batman's Batman. You're, yeah. you're diminishing Batman by making another one, a more powerful, sad man. Like what, what are you doing? It, it just doesn't yeah. make any sense. And in this new, in justice league, the little bits and pictures have, have leaked out that they're literally, his his outfit is literally black now. Oh my good grief! They'd already almost sapped all the color out of it. it was, yeah, they. I mean, they made it as dark blue as it could be and still be considered blue. <laughs> right, dark blue, dark burgundy, and you know, and took the shorts away and and it, so yeah, now his yeah now his suit is literally black hey, and right. and it's since Batman's is like grayish, like his is darker. Like Superman's huh. darker than Batman now, Man. but I just think that's like the the core of where the DC universe is screwed up right now. Yeah, uh, kind of all revolves around that. Is that I hate I hate Superman. Like the care. Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't feel bad about saying I hate a a, <laughs> a a character in a movie, but I just I just hate what they did with him, and and um, it's all wrong. And I don't feel like anybody likes him. You can't root for him. No. And so if you... they've made him a turd, man, he it's is. like the only thing he cares about are his parents and Lois and everything else is just, you know, whatever happens, happens. Yes. But those two things I'm going to hold close to my heart. I don't care about anything else. Yeah. And, and grandma holds your ears, but he's a dick. Yep. Superman's a dick and he's not supposed to be like, what, how are you going to have, I mean, Zack Snyder, how are you going to have Paul Kent, who we all saw from the 70s and what Paul Kent was supposed to be and what we all saw him in the in the uh, books, what he was supposed to be and he, how he's like basically in that universe, he's the most critical human that ever lived because he's the guy that shapes the most powerful mm-hmm. being on the planet. You know, if, yeah. if, he, if that baby falls into the wrong hands, yeah. every, everybody's screwed. Everybody's screwed, and instead right. he he ends up with with Pa and Ma Kent, and Pa te- teaches him all the right things, and and uh, you know, and to be selfless, and and blah 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 blah, and don't use your powers for wrong, and instead, <laughs> Kevin, Pa Kent, tell, tells him he should have let a, a a bus full of children die. Like, yes, <laughs> let people yeah. die to protect yourself, Superman. Don't give up your identity. That's yeah. what's important. Let me die out in the middle of this tornado and let everybody die. That's yeah. that's what you need to do. That's that's the moral call. Yeah. Yeah. What am I supposed to do? Let them die? Maybe. <laughs> no. What? No. <laughs> no, Clark. No, Clark. It's it's an F5 and it's right on my it's right <laughs> behind me, but stay there. Hey, Todd Sheen's back, everybody. Stay there. <laughs> Stay there, Khalil, <laughs> or whatever your name is. You got it. You got it, man. Yeah, yeah. One of the things I wrote down when we when when I was doing some uh, thinking about this was that 
they they've taken the two characters that everybody loves and they love them because they are who they are in Batman and Superman. Nobody's clamoring for change in those two. They've taken both of those characters and completely changed everything about them. Mm -hmm. Because they have Batman, too. In in Batman versus Superman, that dude, like the whole thing about Batman is do whatever it takes, but I, I, I will do whatever it takes, but I'm not killing anybody. And in the movie, man, he is murder happy. <laughs> that dude loves to kill people. Like he goes out of his way to to make cool ways to kill people. Yeah, like yes, like that's that's where Marvel succeeds, and and where DC is. Like, look at the core of who these flipping characters are that you've got. Get that right, you know. Um, yeah, and this is he drug a he drug a, a van with his Batmobile for like two miles with the intent of, I'm going to drop this van on someone. (laughs) (laughs) That is, that, that is not Batman. And this is how misguided they are. Like, uh, the Superman producer, Deborah Snyder says, uh, this is the quote. That's the great thing about our Superman. He's more (laughs) relatable to who? <laughs> to Kim Jong Un? I mean, he's not that bad, but he uh, he's he's going through real problems that we go through as people every day. Like, I don't care. No, like I don't want to see Superman. You know, I don't care. No, no, and like problems we all go through. <laughs> like, I don't think anybody, if they had the ability of Superman would stand in a courtroom while a bomb's going off and have a look on your face like like everybody is being incinerated and Superman has a look on his face like, oh, crap. Yeah. Yeah. Like, this wasn't how I thought this day was going to end up. Oh, man. They got me. <laughs> well, not me, but everybody else. Yeah. And she says, uh, so she says, it's so dark. Well, is it dark? Yes. Literally. Yeah, it's literally dark. You made yes. it as dark as you could on purpose. Like, what are you talking about? Is it dark? That's what you tried yeah. to do, even yeah. visually. His dad told him he should let people die, so eventually <laughs> he does. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Good and, job, Clark. That's I mean, dark. You could do it. Yeah. And he's, he's uh, what else does it say? To me, that's not dark. That's life. We're, we're, we're complicated people and, uh, and we're making him more relatable that way. Shut up. You don't get it. You just don't get it. Why I would want to watch that character. I don't want to watch soupy, uh, mopey Superman. No mopey gray area. Dillweed Superman is not fun to watch. No. What about what about Super Moby Dick Space? <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. Now that's a character I can get into. Uh-huh. Yeah. That's dark. Well, let's let's say one thing though. Remember when uh, you know you remember when Dark Knight, the Dark Knight trilogy was wrapping up, and uh, there was whispers that no one was going to do the next Superman, but then it turns out, okay, well, I'm just going to produce it. And I'm sure everybody was like, all right, man, because yeah. this, this is what we want. Right. Yeah. But probably what should have happened is they shouldn't have even, I mean, yeah. they shouldn't have gone anywhere near that. You're right. You're right, Todd, because he was, he, 
and again, it all comes down to the dollar. And it's like, oh, Chris, Chris made the money on this one. So let's, you know, Chris, will you do this? Yeah. But you got to recognize, man, he's not a fit for that character unless he can no. pitch yeah. you the right way and, 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 and show you that he's got something completely different in mind. But otherwise, you've got to depart from that. Yeah. Yeah, they're, they're two different characters, even though they're in the same universe. They're two different characters. they got to remain that way. They're, I mean, putting a new spin on something, that, that, doesn't, that doesn't mean just because you can, that doesn't mean you should. Uh, and what you what you've got now is we're two movies in with Superman, this mm-hmm. this Superman, and nobody likes him. Nobody is nobody. I mean, was anybody upset at the end of S versus B? <laughs> yeah, and did anybody believe that he was dead or staying? Nobody, there? nobody did for half a second. And, you know, uh, I don't know. He just uh, the the you know Cavill just didn't. Um, and the thing is, the first time I watched Man of Steel, I really, I kind of liked it. Mm-hmm. But then I watched it again, I realized I, I was lying <laughs> to myself because <laughs> I really wanted to like it because I, yeah, I, Superman's my favorite, you know, superhero movie. Uh, the Christopher Reeve, the yeah. first two, yep, and the Brandon Ruth, I thought was really good. I thought it, I thought it missed in a couple of areas, but for the most part, yeah, it felt like a, a Donner movie. Yeah, you know? ab- absolutely. I think we've talked about this before, but you take the kid out of Superman Returns, and that mm-hmm. movie yeah. is really good. Like yeah, it's solid. It, it's good now, but uh, well, and and maybe you tweak some of that. That ending is, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, yeah. The it third act kind of falls apart. You're right. Yeah, it goes on yeah. a little too long in the wrong direction. But I'm with you. I'm with you, Todd. I like I like Ralph, man. I do. I do too. He, he's got he's got a, a screen presence about him. Yeah. Um, and see, I don't I don't understand I don't understand what it is. Every time every time we that we do a reboot of of something, mm-hmm. it's just completely unheard of to think about bringing, you know, some of the on screen talent back. Yeah. You never see that. Uh, it never happens, and it's just and it's ridiculous because he really was a good fit. Yeah, uh, you know, physical stature, and I thought he really he kind of uh, he kind of was channeling Christopher Reeve a little bit. Oh, definitely, bit yeah, yeah. Without w- mm. while still being his own kind of. But that's you know, w- that's why Ty they could have yeah. never done that because they wanted to go so far away from from that that you know there's no way they could bring Brandon on to be to be this. DB that they made him into. Yeah, and I do, honestly, I do think Henry Cavill could be a really good Superman. Like, I have faith uh-huh. that he could. I just think Zack Snyder crapped the bed yeah. on the whole thing, and I don't I don't blame Cavill at all for it. But still, the thing is, he's still crapping. Yeah, yeah, he is. He's going to be gonna crapping through Justice League and then whatever else he does. And it's like he takes everything that everybody – has loved about Batman and Superman and almost like mockingly does something different. Just almost like piss on you all. This is what I'm doing. Like Jimmy Olsen, everybody was like, Oh, you got to get Jimmy Olsen in there. So he brings him in to get him shot in the face. (laughs) Right. Like, well, thanks. (laughs) Hey, a perfect, a perfect parallel to this and no offense to the people that like it, but, I forget, you know, whatever, you know, James. If you say Titanic, we might hang up. <laughs> the 
Titanic is a is a big one. It's a big, <laughs> big load. But but actually, I wasn't going that route yet. Okay. I'll, just, I'll just wave in passing. But uh, <laughs> Alien Three is a perfect example of what of what you don't do with a franchise because Alien, great movie, could have been would have been fine if it was the only one. But Aliens came along and kind of reinvented that whole franchise, made it more action oriented, kept some of the suspense and horror, but went uh, went action. And yeah, I'm 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 giving I'm applauding Cameron there because he did a good job there. He just didn't do anything past that, but he he did a good <laughs> job there. Um, and then and then what happened? I mean, you set up some great characters in Aliens. You had you know Ripley was great. Continued continued her. Um, you know, great performance and that, and you know, furthering that character and it's and and her arc, and then you bring in, you know, you bring in the the little girl Newt and then Hicks, um, and great characters. And then what do you do in Alien Three uh, after all that battle that they go through in Aliens and then Alien Three in less than five minutes, um, Newt's dead, Michael Biehn's dead. Um, and I just, I, you know, I don't know what Fincher was thinking. This Aliens you- interlude has been brought to you by <laughs> Todd Sheen, everybody. <laughs> hey, I, and you know what? I think Fincher, Fincher's a really good director, and I, and I like what he does now. But, I mean, that was his, that was his first movie. Uh, so what does anybody really expect? Um, but, he, I mean, that thing, you know, that's what I'm saying. You had, I mean how many more alien movies would you have made after aliens? I don't know, but they severely limited what they were able to do because they bring in a guy and he just kind of kiboshes the whole thing that was built before him. But you know, that's, that's what I'm saying. You, you had a, you had something strong. You're going in a really good direction. And then somebody just pushes the plunger and blows it all up. Yeah. And but but this, reimagining of this franchise they never i don't i mean i don't think man of steel was good enough to go off of at what point like what point do they see it's not working and pull the plug on it like at least pull the plug on snyder and well and you've gotten yourself i I mean what what had he done i mean he, he had done Watchmen right before man of steel as far as comics go and then and 300 yeah which was just a let's face it it was a it was a self-gratification fest, if ever there was a movie. How are you going to... I mean, it was like circle time. Yeah, I'm, I mean, <laughs> that's the mistake. The, the head of Warner Brothers, like, that's the screw-up. Like, how are you going to take Superman? How are you going to take your crown jewels and hand it to the guy that did... And I'm not disparaging Watchmen or 300, but how are you going to take Superman and hand it to that guy... That's yeah. not a fit. Not at all. No. Like right. No, because Watchmen's dark. Yeah. And and maybe to if you really want to like go above and beyond, if you if you want to try really hard to give them credit for something, maybe they said, let's try to do something different from what Marvel's doing and Marvel's doing <laughs> Marvel's making fun movies. So let's make really <laughs> sad you know, unhappy movies that, you know, POS's <laughs> like, you know, yeah. th- so let's go dark because they're going light and let's go do gritty. And and so maybe it was some kind of thinking like that, but 
they made a mistake and then it doesn't work out. And then so they try to afterwards, they try to work in some jokes and become more like Marvel when you've already gone down this road. And it's like, what is this now? You know, what is, what is this suicide squad that I'm watching? And that looks like, you know, three different people had their hands in it, deciding what that was going to be. And, and this justice league, um, trailer that we've gotten that is clearly trying to work in the jokes now and be more Marvel like and it's just like you all have no clue as to what you're doing. Nope. Uh, there's no direction. Yeah. There's there isn't. There's no identity whatsoever. Um like when I was trying to think how to fix it and we can go with is is there a fix to this mm. for them? Um like the only thing that I could think of was they need to find their Paul Feig or Feig or however you say his name. They Ke- need to yeah. find that guy. Kevin Feige. Kevin. Kevin Feige. Yeah, they definitely don't need to find Paul Feig. You no, don't need Paul. <laughs> Ghostbusters guy. No, they, they need to find the Ghostbusters guy and let him <laughs> just have it. get uh, Melissa McCarthy See, in there and let's go to work. See, they might actually do that, so watch <laughs> they it. Might. Yeah, Kev, they need to find their Kevin Feige. Uh, yes. And, and, and the, hand the reins over to somebody like that who oversees everything yeah and do you want to do you want to transition into marvel right now with that or do you want to talk about fi- or fixing dc we can't i mean we we can't do you have any any fixes for dc other than that i don't i don't like they, they've buried themselves so deep now but to me it's just just Would they have to start over you're gonna have to re-reboot i think yeah yeah Golly. So find that guy and start over is probably what we're saying. Maybe, yeah. Maybe stop with Justice League. And uh, unless Wonder Woman just kills it, but uh, like I definitely am not making that stinking Aquaman movie uh, that they've already got in the books and scheduled. I'm not making that stinking cyborg movie, The Flash. Like you can sell, you can still save yourself a lot of pain. Yeah. I mean, Look, I mean, you're making some money, but you're not making a big profit. I know that. And uh, they can't be, as far as marketing and all that, they can't be making what they're putting into these. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's got to be really close because I've heard them say they had to make a billion dollars on like Suicide Squad to like try to make up for some of the money that uh, Batman versus Superman didn't make because these things cost so much to make that it's insane. And by the way. Mel Gibson ripped them a new one yesterday. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah he did. He, he Warner Brothers, uh, kind of superhero films in general, but oh, okay. he, but he did say he did say straight out he said uh, Batman versus Superman was a pos and and said the words I think, but um, maybe he's not as insane as we all think <laughs> he is. Yeah, he's just like angry or something. Yeah. <laughs> um, so do we go into Marvel with that? Yeah, let's go ahead. Because I think you made the perfect point. Um, and and that's exactly what I had written down, is that Kevin Feige is worth his weight in gold. You, yeah. You nailed it with that. Whatever you're paying him, double it, triple it, whatever. Yep. And I'm not joking. Whatever you're giving him, it's not enough, period. Yep. He, he's the guy. It's, he's yep. one central voice that loves those properties, loves those comics, knew what they were about, had a vision mm-hmm. for all of it, you know, from the get-go, and they handed him the reins, 
and he did it. And and uh, he he did have to contend with with uh, Pearl Mutter, the the uh, head of of publishing at Marvel for a little while for the first few movies. Like he th- that guy had a say in some things. But after after the bucks started rolling for Marvel Studios, Disney said, "Yeah, no, go away. You, do, you know, <laughs> Kevin yeah. gets to do whatever he wants to do. Period. Now, because yeah. th- there for a little while, Marvel could make little suggestions like, "No, put this character in because it'll sell books and sell toys." And like, no, that's that's gone. <laughs> it's just it, Kevin. Whatever Kevin says goes and and that's why they're so smart and um so yeah i mean uh, i mean do you all agree with that because let me let me let me let me run with that for a second sorry it's 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 the scott show for a second just because i had (laughs) these thoughts written down this is this is your wheelhouse man so (laughs) um hit it out of the park but look how incredibly difficult this is you know, to do superhero movies and make good ones. Warner Brothers, Sony, Fox, none of them, nobody can make more than like one out of five or six good superhero movies. I I started doing, I started doing the math and and writing it down. I mean, Fox has been a shambles, man, especially after the X-Men kind of fell apart. Like what have they got going? Yeah. I mean, it's crap it's garbage yeah it's a good point and um you know sony fell apart with spider-man and they were they had these crazy ideas everybody wants to make the shared universe and do the money grab and you know and sony's idiotic ideas like let's make a sinister six movie so we can just blow up the spider-man universe make an entire universe just on spider-man characters and you know it's it's so yeah just all that to say kevin feige that's how worth that's how much he's worth yeah. I mean, think about that. Marvel's lowest tomato score, Rotten Tomato score. Do you know? Does anybody want to guess the their absolute bottom score? Take a oh, guess, you guys. It's, is this starting with which movie? Iron Man. Okay. I would guess I would guess Iron Man two. Okay. And I would guess seventy two. All right. What's what's your number, Todd? Um, I'm going to say it's in the sixties and it would be, um, uh, he's going to say Titanic. Just (laughs) it's, it's definitely Titanic. It's, it's It's Titanic, man. It's Um, (laughs) Thor, the dark world. Okay. That would have been my second guess. Honestly. Yeah. Yeah. And Todd's on the percentage. It's 66. Okay. They're absolute. So they're all fresh, though. They're all certified fresh. Every single one of them. DC Warner Brothers would kill for a 66. Right. I mean, are you kidding me? Your two biggest properties right now that that you had this summer, Suicide Squad and Batman versus Superman. Batman versus Superman was supposed to be it. I mean, you know, they they put everything into it and spent a fortune. And that thing's in the twenties, isn't it? Yeah. And Marvel, Marvel's lowest, lowest score, a sixty-six. That's what Kevin Feige is worth. It's you can't understate it. Yep. It's unbelievable. And speaking, speaking of Thor, is is everybody else here as <laughs> stoked about Ragnarok as I am? Just because of Waiti? Are you? Because are you seriously? I am. Yeah. Because the dude, the dude can direct. Now he's. 
he's only directed comedies. Uh-huh. Uh, and that's, that's where his sensibilities lie. But I just have, I just think that's going to be, I just think it's going to be really good. Yeah. I'm looking forward to seeing what he can do with it. And that, that's another thing. He's the head of the studio and that's what he does so well. He picks directors. He's got a great eye mm. for talent casting and more than anything directors. I mean, where's, where's What's his biggest misstep on, on choosing Edgar Wright, Edgar Wright, not getting rid of Edgar Wright. Let's say. Yeah. Yeah. The, the fact that they, they, they couldn't keep it together. Those two, they, they fell apart, but yeah. you know, the, 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 maybe the, the biggest miss he had was, uh, was the, the director, the game of Thrones director that did the second Thor movie. Mm. But other than that, I mean, I mean, look, you, you took um, Swingers. Help me out. What's his name? Favreau. Oh, uh, Favreau. Favreau, sorry. Favreau on Iron Man, and, and, yeah. and you start there. Nailed it. Yeah, you, st- you nailed it. You start there, yeah. and, 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 you, and you give a guy like Edgar Wright a chance, and you know he writes that script, and I wish we would have gotten to see you know, the Edgar Wright movie, but... Um, you know, you just go down the line of who, of who he's and, and the Russo brothers, man, the Russo brothers, you know, TV directors. Yeah. And you, and you give them Captain America and then they made my favorite movie out of all of them probably. And, and, you know, and now they're going to, now they're getting the, the Avengers and what Joss did with, with Avengers. And anyway, I'm, I'm, I'm blowing warm air up the guy's rear end and this is supposed to be tough love. There's not much tough (laughs) love so far. Real tough. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Take that, Feige! Yeah, back off the ledge, Scott. It's, it's getting... <laughs> Man, you're being tough on him, aren't you? <laughs> I didn't like. Uh, I, I'd say the movie I like the least of the new Marvel movies is uh, since Iron Man is Iron Man three, and I did not like. The, and I think a lot of that was Shane Black because it felt like a Shane Black movie. It, um, yeah, instead of a superhero movie, how many, and I didn't like it. How many times have you seen it, Alan? Just the one. Okay. Interesting. I seen it. I saw it the one time in theater. Didn't like it. Second time I watched it, everything changed for me. Because you knew what to expect, maybe? Because it's exactly what it was. Because Mm. I knew what to expect. Once I completely separated, because it's not an Iron Man movie. It's just not. And like, yeah. So once I separated from that completely and watched it, just like you said, as a Shane Black movie, I Mm. I enjoyed it. I really do. I like it now. And I, I like it a lot better than Iron Man 2. Um, hmm. but I might revisit it then, but uh, it, it, the first time I saw it, I was like, Ugh. yeah, I, I think it's because I like Mandarin and I and, yeah. and I feel like they just completely ruined that whole character for the for the the whole cinematic universe is robbed of Mandarin now. They, they did, they did, and that's again, I thought the same thing. And then when I watch it the second time and know what to expect, then it's like I'm just enjoying what Ben Kingsley did with it because what he did with yeah. it was was great. I mean, he's hilarious. It's like he's really fun to watch in that part. Yeah, as, as long as you can kind of separate yourself from that. Um, so are you know we... what I think. You know what I think. Iron Man three was missing though. Uh, well, let's hear it. Let's get to do it. This this is actually well. Okay. <laughs> honestly, I don't know how much longer we're going to keep going, and I was I was uh, I was afraid that Alan might not be able to send a shout out to somebody. Special. <laughs> oh, that's true. One well, go ahead. Could use man, Iron go Man ahead, three man. could use a big old dose of Dolph. There you go. Shout out to Dolph Lundgren. <laughs> Thank you, you sir. Go, Dolph. 
you absolutely the case. Um, so are we, are you guys ready for some tough love? Do you all have some for Marvel? Uh, yeah, I do. Okay. Um, I think they've drifted away from what I loved about, with the exceptions of Guardians, I think they've drifted away from what I loved about uh, the first few installments of uh, like Iron Man, Winter Soldier, um, Hulk, even Incredible Hulk, even of the the smaller scale. Mm-hmm. Let the characters drive the story instead of this these huge apocalyptic. The world's gonna end unless yeah, they, I, like that stuff. It was cool spectacle for the Avengers, but mm. now it seems like they're going for that in every single movie, You're except na- for yeah. the Guardians. You're nailing it. You're nailing it. Yeah, um, that's one of the ones I have written down, and that's that might be the primary complaint against them right now. So yeah, let's hit that. Um, you're dead on it, uh, and 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 that you're exactly right. That's why Guardians works is because they turned that over to James Gunn. And Feige said, it's yours, do whatever you want, period. Yeah. And that's why James Gunn is so happy with Marvel. And, and you mm-hmm. know, and, and, and when they, people talk to him about, what do you think about Edgar Wright and, and, and kind of Joss getting a little upset? And, you know, he's like, look, I, you know, I don't know what to say. Like, it's, it's a shame that that happened. But my relationship with Marvel is perfect. They just kind of let me do my thing. And we have a little bit of discussion about what we're going to do. And then it's just whatever. Yeah. And, then I, and then I just run wild with it. It's because that dude sold himself. Yeah, perfectly to direct that movie though. I think that he instilled the confidence in him to do whatever he was going to do because mm-hmm. it wasn't that big of a franchise anyway. So it's like, well, who cares? Exactly. If he ruins it, ruins it. We just won't do it anymore. And he apparently just completely knocked it out of the park in his audition to to um to direct that movie. So pitch. maybe that had something to do with yeah. it. But um, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, in his pitch, just just a yeah, bit. yeah. Um, so yeah, and then you're exactly right. So and and so if it makes a little money, great. But if if it's not a home run, then you know we're it doesn't hurt anything. But instead, you know it's a runaway success mm-hmm. and just an absolute home run. And then you're so yeah, it's like yeah, do whatever you want. But the, they they they're looking at that cosmic universe as separated, and that's why he gets to run wild and do whatever he wants. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's it, true. Yeah, if it was working into if it was part of the Avengers world, if it was set on Earth, then he would have to play by the same rules that like like you said that's where they're screwing up right now because that's, yeah. that's what Feige always said was that every single movie we make, all that matters is that that movie is the best movie it can be in a standalone form. And we, we don't care what happens after that. We'll figure it out. Like, but if, if our storyteller wants to do something in this movie, whatever it is, if, if it makes it, if it makes that movie, that story better, let's do it. And we'll worry about it afterwards. That's changed, right? That's yeah, it. Definitely has, yeah. Yeah, I think I think you you just hit it on the head. That's clearly changed, and that's why Civil War wasn't. You know, it's fun. They know what they're doing, man. It's a formula now, um, so it's gonna be fun. It's gonna be a, a fun to watch and a good movie. But mm-hmm. it's that movie more than any of them. It was just we said it before. It's just a chapter in a story that. And and you it can't survive on its own. I don't think it's just it needs what came before. It needs what came after. And it's just a it's just a piece. It's a very forgettable piece. Yeah, which is a shame because Winter Soldier does stand on its own. And I would have loved to have seen that third you know wrap up the trilogy. What that would have looked like if you hadn't said, oh, well, we want to make our you know 
Batman versus right. Superman or whatever yeah. they were yeah. doing there. Like let's let's make because he did. They said he switched gears. You know, like Feige came in and said to the screenwriters Marcus McFeely and said, "Stop what you're doing. Make this Civil War." <laughs> so you know, that's a shame, man. We I think we got robbed of something special right there. Yes, and as as much of a genius as he is, and 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 I and I just you know blowing hot air at him to start this this is a mistake like you're you're losing your way a little bit yeah uh don't don't do it and i feel like doctor strange will probably be that you know they'll they'll let it be its its own little thing and it, it'll be kind of a return to what they need it to be but they mm-hmm. they've really got to watch that and and they fell in love with avengers money and um they they just need to be aware of you know an ant man that's apparently what what killed the Edgar Wright relationship because he wanted to do some things, and the rules had changed. You know, after Avengers, you know, they said th- th- there started to be more. No, we want this. We want this. We got to save that for yeah. you know coming up. We need this character. We need to introduce this. We need to you know. They just got a little more hands on there, and that just like every other studio screws crap up constantly. And the the things that Marvel was doing right every time. Mm-hmm. They need to watch it. Yeah. Um, do you have some more tough love? Because I had another. Yeah, another I got, I got some I, too. Go ahead. Okay. I, I think the villains are becoming very formulaic. Mm-hmm. Um, and this probably goes back all the way to the first Iron Man. Um, just a few notes I had that are common threads for the villains are they're all either and or they're all scorned by the hero mm-hmm. <laughs> and or they're hungry for ultimate power. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and in almost every movie, and I made a list, but in almost every one of them, it's kind of getting old that almost all of the villains have the exact same powers as the hero. It's like the hero against himself in every movie. Yeah. Um, Iron Man did it. Hulk did it. Iron Man two kind of with whiplash being sort of mechanical. Right. Ant-Man. Captain America, Thor with the demigod and Loki, Winter Soldier with Bucky, and the Avengers 2 with Ultron, with him having like the Iron Man type powers also. Mm-hmm. It's like there's the there's a rundown of every villain basically having the same abilities as the a little variety would be nice. Yeah. And that's a that's a common internet complaint, Alan, is is hmm. is that exact same thing as that and um, Marvel villains aren't up to snuff. Uh, I'd seen that. I think Feige might have even responded to that, but I couldn't remember what he said about it. Um, huh. But also part of that problem is, I mean, even in books, people, that's a complaint people have, that they just don't have a, a great catalog of of interesting, complex villains. Yeah. Um, Thanos is whether he will be on screen or not, I don't know, but he's, he's very interesting in the books. He's very complex. And, but the, the best, you know, one problem is the best, uh, villain you've got, uh, period that Marvel has is Dr. Doom and, and Fox has him and has ruined him twice. Uh, and you would, you would never know he's a great villain based on, based on those movies, but, but he's, he's fantastic. Um, and and they don't have him, so I think they do struggle a little bit to come up with that. Uh, did you like Ronan? 
Yeah, I did. Yeah, I did too. Yeah, I mean, he 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 was nothing like any of the of the guardians. That's and, right. You know, he was kind of out for for power or whatever. But it was, it almost seemed like it was a different sort of drive for him. It, it was, was almost like I've got to. I want. I want to. It was religious um, motivation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was. He was really into his his people, and yes, yeah. So that was good. It was something different. But you're right. I mean, so many of them. It's just. Yeah, world domination, take over the world, and like, like, uh, yeah. Or uh, I was I was at a conference with Tony Stark and pitched him an idea, and he hated it. Like, mm-hmm. how many times is that going to happen? Or my dad was, or whatever. Yeah. Um, so yeah, and I think so. Another problem that I have with it is, well, like you said, your top three superhero movies of all time, as good as the Marvel movies have been in consistency. Um, and kind of how as good as they as they've been all, across the board. Two out of your top three are DC movies, mm-hmm. DC characters. Uh, is the third one? Would you say it's even a? Is it a even a Marvel Studios movie or is it like a you know like a Fox studio, uh, Fox Marvel movie? Yeah, I'm putting Iron Man in the top three. Okay, all right. Um, because I know X two was was up there for a while. X 2s up there. Yeah. Yeah, uh, but that's a problem, and it's because of what you just said that you you're not gonna have those genuinely great movies as long as you're worried about the connected universe, and they're too worried about it right now. They it mm-hmm. it's just it dominates, and you can't do that. Uh, they need to go back to the original plan. And uh, another complaint I have is is they play it safe. Um. And that's that's part of the same thing, and that's part of yeah, you know, worrying about all the pieces and and stuff. Like let Edgar Wright make his movie, you know. Right. Yeah. Go back to that Maverick feel a little bit, and yeah. if I it, think the play it safe shadow covers it just drapes itself over everything we've said. I think you're right. Yeah, yeah. That that's one thing I don't like about what they're doing right now. Um, yeah, and and what I'm seeing here that I've got written down is is the stuff that you said, and I've got one more. Todd, are you awake? I am awake. <laughs> <laughs> We're not letting you say anything. Super Super Moby Dick never sleeps. <laughs> what do you think about those those thoughts, Todd? Uh, I think they're probably spot on. I think you you kind of you know when you get when you're rolling along like a like a steamroller and just taking you know knocking everything out of your path, everything, just about everything you do is making tons of cash and marketing's, you know, all the, all the merchandising is just, you know, uh, going through the roof. I mean, I think, I think you get to a point where it's like, uh, you know, you're on kind of on cruise control and, and maybe you forget what, what, you know, why you're doing it in the first place. And, you know, it's like, okay, we're, yeah, we've got, you know, maybe that's part of it. They've got, you know, they've got their, they got the whole thing planned out for how many years now? Yeah, um, yeah, you're there's right. There's no spontaneity yeah. there. Exactly. Yeah. You're right. I don't know. The, 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 yeah, I mean, that's a good way to put it. Because clearly, yeah. when you when you think about it that way, and, and, and the years they've got it planned in advance, obviously the original strategy of let the filmmaker make his movie and we'll figure it out afterwards that's out the window when you're planning, you know, two part Avengers movies, you know, mm-hmm. five years down the road and stuff like that. And, and, and all these franchises, 
Um, I know one complaint that we've shared that we can throw in real quick and, and not going to, we don't have to go into detail, but is you're, you've screwed up by not making a black widow movie. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Don't, don't introduce another character and start another franchise in captain Marvel before no. you, before you do black widow. She's fantastic. Yeah. She's a, I love Dr. Strange and I can't wait for Dr. Strange. Yeah. I would have rather seen a black widow movie at this point than Dr. Strange. I agree more than anything. And, and, and the public, yeah. the public is dying to get that, you know, female led superhero movie. And you could have been the first, you should have been the first to it. And she's box office gold. Yeah. Like, I just don't understand. And after winter soldier, she's a great character. Yep. So, okay. I've got one, I got one final complaint and it's, I got, and it's preemptive tough love. Speaking of Dr. Strange, since you just brought it up. Uh, Good segue. Marvel and their relationship to magic slash science. Um, I, it bothered me real bad with the Asgard thing and turning them from gods into aliens and their insistence on yeah, know, <laughs> making them aliens and Asgard is a planet. And like, it's a big rock in space. Like even the way you made it, it's a big rock in space with, with waterfalls falling off into space. Like that's not a planet. You know, yeah, that's weird. It's got a rainbow bridge. Like, let them be. Let them be gods. In you know, and and we just don't know what they are. You don't have to explain it. Yeah. You know, just who not like the the Norse people thought they were gods. You don't have to. And the line they always used, and the line they used because of Thor in the Marvel movies, and so that's kind of been their credo is, um, magic is just science we don't understand yet. Okay, <laughs> I've um, it kind of ticked me off a little bit, and I, it rubbed me the wrong way. I didn't like it. I didn't think it was the way to go with 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 the Asgardians and with Thor and that sort of thing. Didn't I didn't like it? But now you're doing Doctor Strange. I swear, yeah. I swear, I swear. If you do this <laughs> to him, just let him be magic. Let magic yeah. be magic. Period. If you do this, if you do the science junk with with this and with his kind of magic, I, I, I'm I'm gonna we're gonna do an hour of just ripping it. Like we're gonna we're gonna yeah, like we're gonna do a Suicide Squad yeah. level rip session on that because it's gonna make me so mad. If yeah, I mean, do you want to know how to how to make Harry Potter into instant garbage? Send a scientist in. <laughs> to any scene in any of those movies and let him explain how magic works. Yeah. <laughs> right. Why? Yeah. Why? Yeah, we don't want to hear that Doctor Strange figured out string theory. <laughs> and so now he that's how he can or something stupid like that. Yeah. What would you yeah, say? Yeah, I'm totally with you on that. Yeah. Why would you what what? I don't understand at all. Like I at, at first I think the thinking was how are we going to reconcile Iron Man and the movie that was with Thor? How do we, yeah. And so that's how you did it. But now, like, if you expanded it so much and you're into the cosmic stuff and you just let him be magic. And how does magic work? I don't know. I don't care. Nobody cares. Just yeah, shut up about it. That's no. part of the fun. Yeah, it's yeah. just magic. That, that that's we, we, We've all been around. We've seen magicians, like, you know, and wizards and stuff. 
Gandalf, nobody ever needed yeah. to come in and explain what Gandalf's doing. How does that work? What? Right. You know? Right. Please. No, yeah. that's the e- quickest way and easiest way to ruin any of that. So please, please, not a word about how does this work. If, and if right. there is, yeah. I'm going to go nuts. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. That's my tough love for Marvel. There you go. Eat Take it, that. Marvel. Take that, Feige. <laughs> and that's why they've got to bring the three of us in to be his understudies and to take over when I he think wants so, to. When... Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he needs like everybody needs advisors. Mm-hmm. Like nobody's above that. So, yeah. So if you're listening to this, Kevin, we're available. We're absolutely available. Or Paul or whatever your name is. And, <laughs> and you can pay us tons of money and it's not going to jade us. No. We can take your money Right. We can, we can do whatever, but we'll still, we're still going to have that fire. Twenty years down the road, maybe more so. So, you, you, anybody want to go to bed? All right, everybody. (laughs) I think so. I think it's that time. Uh, After man, after I come down off this just huge adrenaline kick I've got (laughs) from just smacking DC and Marvel around for for an hour, that was fun. People didn't think we'd be able to to give Marvel mu- uh, tough love, especially after I almost said muff love. <laughs> oh, and that, oh, and again, people. Didn't... <laughs> Wait, I'm awake now. <laughs> That's how to get Moby Dick going. People didn't think we'd be able to find a way to give Marvel tough love, especially after the way we started, the way I started off. But uh, I contend we definitely did it. We smacked him around a little bit. Yeah, I think uh, yeah, I think Marvel Studios now knows what it feels like to be in the ring with with an octagon with Brock Lesnar for three rounds. <laughs> yeah, the way we smacked him around. That's exactly right. I mean, so take it, stay on, stay on your toes. You know, you can't rest on your laurels and get and get fat and happy like everybody else did. I keep, you know, we're gonna keep you honest. Yeah. All right. And and if DC wants to throw money our way to do a reboot Ooh. of everything, I'd do it. I don't know if I could do it. I don't know if yeah, I could do it. We'd do it. I'd do it, but you know what? I, yeah, I would we, do it. the only the only way I would do it is if is if they would they would put their hitman together and they would take uh Snyder, Michael Bay, yeah. Brett oh. Ratner, yeah, and probably Cameron. <laughs> um just take them all to a top secret underground island below the mantle of the earth <laughs> let them let i don't know let them make uh let them make trinkets for the earth well, just make good. them sit there and watch their own movies just let that's them the let best. them sit their own crap yeah for a while yeah you just sit here think about what you did you watch transformers again <laughs> But yeah, I'm the biggest Marvel loyalist loyalist in the in the world. But yeah, if if DC made us an offer, yeah, I'd, obviously I'd do it. Oh heck yeah! But I'm telling you, hey, if uh, and then if if Marvel likes it and says jump ship in a heartbeat, man, jump <laughs> jump and ship in a heartbeat. All right, I think that I think that'll do it, uh, guys. It's been fun. Let's uh, let's do it again next week. What do you say? Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's keep it. Keep the boat. Keep the boat rolling. I don't think. Well, I don't I, think I, boats roll even. That's how late it is. 
<laughs> that's right. Well, Tina Turner that said rolling. rolling rolling on the river, so you know. Let's keep that 18 wheeler afloat. <laughs> I like it. That's even All better. Right. <laughs> All right, guys, let's get out of here. I'm gonna go finish watching this uh this American football match. So um <laughs> for uh for Todd Sheen, for Scott Stafford. This is Alan Martin reminding you all to remember to walk softly and talk hard. Well, I hope you come to see me in the movies. Then I know that you will plainly see. Biggest fool that's ever hit the big time. And all I gotta do is act naturally. And, uh, and... And, um, hey, there he is. <laughs> Look at this. Where is he? Perfect time. I don't know. <laughs>